Hi, and welcome to our next edition of the In the Loop podcast series with Circle, the Center for International Relations and Cultural Leadership Exchange here at UW. My name is Chika, and I'm an international student here. I'm also part of the Student Advisory Board at Circle. Thanks for joining us today. On our podcast today, we will be learning more about the International Student Services Office at the UW, what they do, and how students can connect with them. Our special guest is Cherise Bunn, the Assistant Director of International Student Advising at ISS. Let's see what she has to share about the important work going on here. Hi, Cherise. Thank you so much for being here with us today. So we'll get right into the questions. So to start off, can you share a little bit about yourself and your role at ISS? Sure, and thank you so much for having me, Chica. So um, my name is Cherise Bunn. My pronouns are she and her. I am originally from the state of Oregon. I've served in the Peace Corps. I lived in Ukraine for a couple of years. So I do understand some of what goes on for uh, international students and and just living, I guess, living in a different country. Um, And I have several years of experience as both as an advisor and now as an assistant director. Um, And so my role is actually a new role here at um, ISS. It's the assistant director of international student advising. And so I actually oversee everything advising related. So I supervise the advisors, I'm hiring our two new advisors, and I work um, to kind of look um, at how we can have a, you know, holistic student development approach to advising and how we can um, work with campus partners to better serve international students. So everything I do is is all about advising. (laughs) So, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And I loved how you mentioned student development approach because as a student, I would love to hear that. So with that, I will go into the next question. Since ISS is such an important office for international students, can you start by talking about what generally ISS does? Sure, so ISS is kind of a traditional international student services office. So. We do a lot of different things. (laughs) Um, We do a lot of advising and then um, we do like communications and working on better communications is really key and affects our advising with students. So we have our other assistant director, for example, works on making sure we have that weekly newsletter and that our website, like working on a a full overhaul of what our website is there for students. So that's some of what we do. But, you know, the core of what we do is advising. So we work with international students on F1 and J1 visas. Um, Most of our students are, of course, on F1 visas. But we really work to try to help uh, students understand the regulations uh, tied to their visa and then help them basically achieve their um, academic and career goals. So I'm sure you've heard a lot of international students on F1 visas are uh, applying for OPT or CPT. And and we know that and we care a lot about that, like international students, honestly, and come to the UW largely to um, be closer to different career opportunities. And because it's a good school, there's a lot of different internships and possibilities for work afterwards. 
So a lot of what we do is trying to make sure that we have to do a lot of processing, but trying to make sure that you have the information you need so you know when you can apply for those. The F1 regulations, uh, sometimes I like to say that they're kind of old and archaic. Um, And so, you know, with them being kind of older rules that have been set out for a long time, really, we just try to help students understand what rules actually exist and then what they need to do to be able to achieve what they want to do. Um, Another huge part of what ISS does is advocacy work. (laughs) So we, you know, each one of us can be individual advocates uh, because our careers and our lives and pretty much our interest is related to international student success, um, largely because so many of us have lived abroad. Um, So we kind of understand and really want people to be able to achieve whatever that goal is. So that's, that's a lot of what we do as well as advocacy, both like personally, like in our personal lives, and then at the university trying to help um, communicate between departments. There's a lot of different departments here. And unfortunately, you know, international students can't come to ISS for everything. So a lot of it is trying to figure out the bigger picture so that international students can clearly find the place where they actually need to um, need to be successful. Thank you for sharing that. Personally, I related with a lot of points that you mentioned. For example, because I'm a student advisory board, I related a lot to the part about advocacy and I'm glad that ISS is part of the core value is international students advocacy. And yeah, and another thing I related was uh, your part when you talked about um, how there's so many different resources at UW. I'm pretty sure that a lot of students, UW students, especially international students can get overwhelmed by the scale of the resources at UW and the size of each department. So I'm glad that ISS is working to help students to navigate through those. Okay, so here we have a third question. Could you give a quick list of what ISS does and what ISS does not do? And how can students distinguish what ISS does between what other UW departments do? That's such a good question. And I think hopefully um, I'm able to help clarify some of this. So I think, and I wanted to note like this, this comes up particularly, this is really important to know for student international students who are transferring to us because like if somebody started at a community college, they probably go to one office for everything. And here at UW, there are a lot of different offices that students have to go to. So it's one thing that unfortunately is common, not just at UW, but nationwide for students in this situation. Um, So the things that we do, like we advise students on all immigration matters (laughs) related to their F or J visas. So um, we we help with, you know, like understanding what the regulations are, making sure that you understand um, when you're able to work and how you're able to get that authorization. So we advise about leave of absences, for example, if students need to take a break from their school, if they just want to take a break because of vacation. I think here, you know, uh, we're on a quarter system, which in in my experience, you know, if students want to, on, in non-COVID times, if students want to go home to their home country to celebrate, for example, like Lunar New Year or something like that, that's something where we have, we need to be involved and advise you on what your options are and what you need to do to make sure that you can take that break. Um, So we do, we process things, we process CPT authorizations, OPT authorizations. For J1 students, we explain um, what academic training is, 
And so we do a lot of those different things. So kind of anything immigration related, you should really be contacting us. Um, if you're <laughs> students, uh, I think sometimes people conflate or misunderstand advising as our term. We do not do academic advising. So the idea of helping students pick classes or something like that, your uh, international student advisor won't be able to help with and shouldn't really, because you should be working with your experts in your college. Um, we also don't answer a lot of the admissions questions. Admissions for undergrads and for graduate um, students are in different offices. So there's a lot of kind of collaboration we have to do with the admissions departments. And then we also don't do um, programming. So like if students, um, if students are really wanting to get involved or are having trouble making friends, which sometimes comes up in an advising appointment, that is something where we're totally going to connect to Circle, which Circle is a different office, of course, which you know, because this is the Circle podcast. Um, but Circle helps with a lot of that engagement element, which just currently does not fall um, within ISS. Thank you for giving us a very comprehensive list. And I think it was pretty clear. We were, I think I was able to recognize what ISS does and what ISS does not do. And it was personally very helpful to me. So hopefully listeners find this information helpful as well. So now that we have learned about services provided at ISS, can you share some methods for students to reach out for help? Sure. So and this might um, also lead into kind of the, the next question you have as well. Um, so, I mean, in a, if students want help or are looking for answers for us, I always say the first thing, and because students have very different schedules than advisors, <laughs> I always say the first method of finding an answer is looking on our website. And there's a reason I say that, because it is our 24-7 advising resource, but also if you're looking at that website and you're not finding the answer, that's something I as the assistant director want to know because I want to make sure that we make it clear for students what, what the different options are. Um, there's a lot of us, so I'm one of these people that likes to talk to somebody <laughs> um, when I'm making a decision or when I'm trying to figure out what's uh, available. So it, uh, a lot of students actually are like this as well. They just want to talk to somebody about it. So we have drop-in advising. So that is, we have that currently three days a week because of <laughs> because of staffing. Um, we just had somebody retire and we're hiring two new advisors. So um, we only offer a drop-in advising three days a week for this year, but next year it'll be every day. So that is one way that you can just talk to an advisor quickly with your questions. If it's something that's really complicated, so students who are doing like a change of status, a student who's working on a reinstatement because something happened and they, um, they didn't maintain their status, then that's something where you'll want to meet with an advisor for an appointment. Um, and that's very specific. The advisor will offer you that appointment and really try to work with you on making sure you have a full half hour. Um, and then, you know, other ways that students can ask for help, we do have contact forms. So students can send us an email and get that answer, <laughs> like tell us what they're looking for. I think, you know, to lead into your next question, which is about if it's an urgent question, if it's an urgent question for students, that's, that's something that's like 
it has to be resolved right now. So that's something like, for example, a student who is on OPT and is applying for STEM OPT and they're within like two weeks of that deadline, um, which is really important and urgent, like we will be able to help with that. Um, they can, I really recommend students coming to drop in advising for that. Um, students needing, needing to leave the country, um, which is hard to do during COVID, but if they are leaving because of family emergencies or something like that, that's another way. Um, if if you're able to meet with us in drop-ins, it's really effective. Um, and you can always send an email. The thing is right now our email, um, we, we get over uh, over 600 emails a week and we also offer all the drop-in advising. So uh, we just really need students, if you have an urgent thing to, to try to signify that to us, I guess if that makes sense. Thank you for specifying also the question that I was going to ask you, which was, how would I get in touch if there's urgent situation? And you've mentioned that there are drop-in advisings available. So thank you for mentioning that. So now we will go into the website portion. So one of the things that students could do in order to familiarize themselves more with resources at ISS, as you've mentioned, is to check their websites. And when you go to ISS website, there's a lot of information. So do you have any recommendations for students to spend some time there? And then where should they go first when they go through the website? That is such a good question. Um, looking at the website, you're right. It is a very full website. It has a lot of information. I think the best way to navigate the website is really kind of looking at it from the outset. So thinking, knowing to yourself, like, what is it I'm actually needing help with? So um, the way it's laid out right now, and um, just for your information, in the future, we are hoping to get more student feedback because we want this to be a student-friendly website so that it's not so much information that seems overwhelming. So, you know, if you look at the, the front of the website, there's like new students, return to UW, laws, travel and visas, work, requests, resources about ISS. I think the one, you know, most of the students that have questions for us has to do with work. Um, I'm going to be honest because that's we get so many questions about CPT and OPT. I think the one thing, if, if any student, um, if that is the question, I think the best opportunity first is to make sure you look at the website for information because that does give you an overview. We have, you know, with, with over 8,000 students, knowing that so many of our students are actually working on or off campus, it is helpful for us. It's helpful for you to get the information. And then if something's not clear telling us, like, this is really important. So um, finding that page for work. I think there's a lot of questions too. I think sometimes students don't don't know what the requirements of your visa is. So one of my favorite pages <laughs> on our website is actually if you go to the top tab and you go to laws and you um, like kind of scroll down, there's three different options. There's F1 students, J1 students, and CVIS. And I would say if you are an F1 student, you should read this at least once a year <laughs> to make sure you understand the status of your visa. Because I, I really don't like when we have to take action, we have to report something to the US government about a student being under-enrolled or a student um, working without authorization or anything. I don't like that. I think that that's an incredibly sad moment uh, when we have to, and, and it is a requirement. We do have um, an obligation in order to have international students here that we ensure that international students are following the law. 
And so um, I really encourage students to check this out once a year. It's almost like a refresh <laughs> of like, I have an F1 visa, what are the rules? Because the reality of what students get on their first day of orientation is just too much. And so to be able to once a year kind of refresh, like, oh yeah, this is what it is. It's like when you update your, if you have an Apple or an iPhone, um, you have every once in a while, they update their user agreement and you just have to say accept and you're signing that you do. It's kind of like, I would love for students to go to this, this website and read through this because all the same information exists on your I-20 and on the I-20, it's kind of boring to read. But here, it's a little more student friendly. And so I would just encourage students to kind of know that. Um, another thing, sorry, one more thing about navigating the website. I'm a huge fan of the search bar. <laughs> so search ISS. Um, I use it sometimes, even though like I work here and um, and I know where things are on the website. But searching for something, using the search bar, finding the page, and going there and getting information. It's it's like it's like a its own Google search, if you will. And that that's that's pretty much all I have to share about the website. Thank you for especially for the tips about checking the visa status and laws once a year. You even gave us a frequency, and I think I am gonna go and check and read the things because I think that. As students, international students, I think it's very important to be aware about the laws surrounding your visa status. So I encourage if you're international students to go and check the ISS website and read through and follow what Cherie's tips. So for next quarter, when we are back in person, I think it's good to ask, where is the ISS office physically located on campus? Could you share, that, share us that? Yeah, so um, ISS, International Student Services, is located in Schmitz Hall. And so as students know, um, we will be back in person for school and kind of the, there'll be more um, services on campus. So just know that we're, we're in Schmitz Hall. We're on the fourth floor. We will definitely communicate with all of you about what our services will be like. Because with, um, I think everybody can kind of understand with this change and with the, it's not going to look 100% like it did in 2018, I'm sure. <laughs> so uh, we're still determining like office hours and everything like that and, and what advising will look like. I think we'll still have options for virtual advising because we might actually have some students that stayed home in their home countries. And so with that, just know that um, there's there's lots to be determined about what ISS services will look like, but phys physical location will be on Schmitz, in Schmitz Hall, floor four. <laughs> Thank you. Now we will be shifting our direction for the last part to talk more about concerns that may be unique to international students with F1 or J1 visa status. And ISS is unique in that it helps navigate students, not just with the university policy, but also with the federal policy related to immigration. So are there steps that students can take to be proactive about all the immigration requirement they must meet? Yeah, I mean, I think um, the most important thing is for international students to educate themselves about their visa, to understand. Um, and then also, um, I shared this a little bit earlier, but looking at that um, F1 or J1 portion of the website, 
um, at least once a year <laughs> to make sure that it's clear. Um, I think the realities are that the entire time you're in the United States, you are required to follow the law and you're required to understand kind of the status, what your visa status means. And I think um, taking the time to read through that does help. Um, I mean, to be proactive about um, immigration requirements, one of the most important things is actually full-time enrollment. So uh, full-time enrollment students, you, you have to take a full, full course load um, pretty much every quarter. And um, there's very few exceptions to that. And so I think knowing that and then knowing that if you're going to under-enroll, that it's your responsibility to uh, make sure you have the right authorization. So that's where, to, to speak about being proactive, it's really important to plan ahead. Um, earlier, I shared the idea of a student taking a vacation quarter to go home to their home country to study Lunar New Year. And I think if that's something a student's going to do, um, it's really important to be proactive and know and plan your academics and so that with your academic advisor so that you can make sure you're enrolled um, fully like to maintain status. I think another thing, um, employment authorization is very important. And so understanding um, both what's allowed on campus and then what you need to do once you get an internship off campus is incredibly, incredibly important. And so um, knowing, you know, with ISS, we have to, we have to give you certain approvals. And I think, you know, <laughs> when we have a student that comes to drop in advising on a Friday and tells us I'm supposed to start working on Monday and they've never talked to us, like that's something that just puts kind of everybody um, very in very concerned, like we're concerned because we want to be able to help, but we can't until we actually have different information from students. And so I think that's really important. Um, the unfortunately, like I said, the, the rules related to the visa are pretty old, archaic. I use the term archaic. And because of that, that means that students have to go through these extra hoops in order to be able to work off campus. And so to be proactive, I think plan ahead. Um, I love it when students submit early applications for CPT <laughs> because it gives us time to process them. It shows like the students just so much better prepared for that. Um, and it does, it, it, I think it helps everybody and definitely helps students um, be more successful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, and then now we have our final question. So this past year has been very challenging for international students with the pandemic and all the U.S. immigration changes from the previous U.S. administration. And now that there's a new president in office, how do you see this impacting international students? Yeah, um, thank you so much for sharing this question. I think this is a really insightful question and speaks so much. I just want to first, I want to say Thank you, thank you, thank you to all the students who have been studying with us for the last four years and that stuck through last year with us because I think this was an incredibly challenging year. Um, I'm sure students, you know, starting in March, <laughs> based on the different information we were hearing from the government, it's been stressful um, trying to figure out what to do in a very, very unusual and, and, and scary, scary year, to be honest. Um, the pandemic is something that none of us expected, right? And and knowing um, how that affected students and, and being able to go home or stay in the US when you're not sure what the future is, is, is really hard. Um, so I think, you know, the new president since, since Joe Biden took office in the White House, um, we, we are seeing a lot more support for international students. 
um, issues. I think uh, luckily the guidance that we have related to the pandemic has remained the same actually as what we received last year, sorry, what we received last year. So, um, so there's not like new, you know, a super new information related to the pandemic itself, but we do see hope with the new president um, that there might be some more um, benefits or better benefits for students in the future. So there's a lot of advocacy work that we are doing like in our personal and professional lives and also people across the country um, who work with international students are really working to advocate for uh, better benefits um, for, for students on different visas. So I'm hopeful. I think also, you know, like we have a president now who's, who's, who's advocating for um, students from marginalized communities, which I think is really good. Um, I find hope in that. I'm, I'm comforted with our current administration um, because I do see a different tone in how they're supporting international students and international scholars um, coming to the U.S. Thank you so much. And that's all the time we have today. So Sharice, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, it was great to talk to you. As we heard from Sharice, ISS is the resource to reach out if you have questions or concerns about your visa status and policies. One key takeaway is that it's extremely important to be cognizant about these policies and that you can be proactive by reading through their website and understanding what policies you're complying with as an international student. To learn more about this, go to the Laws tab in the ISS website. Their homepage also includes information about drop-in advising. We encourage you to reach out early with questions. Thanks everyone for listening to our podcast today. Make sure to check out all the amazing activities Circle has planned for students this quarter. You can also reach out to us through email at uwcircle at uw.edu. We look forward to seeing you again. Well, that's all for now. Stay tuned for our next podcast so that you can stay in the loop.